Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all but feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hello and welcome to Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. I'm Jules, your co-host. If you're new to this work, please start with episode one. Intermediates, you can start with episode 98. And advanced students, practitioners, you can jump ahead to episode 200. With me, as always, to share her insights and wisdom is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. What's up, Kelly? (laughs) (laughs) I'm weird Barbie. (laughs) Yes, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Y'all, if y'all have not seen the weird Barbie thing, you got to go check her out. Uh, uh, what did I see you on Facebook, Instagram? Because I don't have TikTok. TikTok. I, yeah. I know you're I on TikTok. Yeah. Everywhere. Oh my God. <laughs> Flipping I, hilarious. It, there's a there's a bar near me and they'd like me to MC some of their stuff and they were having a Barbie party. And so I came in as weird Barbie. And so I haven't seen the movie. I keep wanting to see the movie. But once once it's been past two weeks here in Panama, it's all in Spanish. And so my Spanish isn't good enough to go see it. But but uh, so I've got to wait till it comes out on on video. But um but I saw the I saw the clip. And so I I went in all I went all in on weird Barbie. All right. So, so for people who have no clue what what a or who a weird Barbie is, and haven't seen the clip, yeah, weird Barbie is the one that you know you cut her hair and you painted on her, you know, you drew on her face and and you, you painted her nails and her fingers and and uh, and she smells like basement. <laughs> like, that is not a, a good Barbie. smell. We've all had yes. weird Barbie, you know. <laughs> The funny part is, I can remember as a kid, there was this other, it was like just the head, right? And, right, and they had one, it came out after I got mine, that it regrows the hair. Right, which we we all desperately needed because we all wanted to cut her hair. 
Yes. And so finally, I'm like, I'm cutting her hair because I'm going to be a beautician when I grow up. Yes, I said beautician, people. It was a word back then. And and so I cut that hair and I'm trying to pull the hair out. And I'm like, it's no more there to grow. Mama said, no, you don't have that one. I'm like, well, can you get it? And she's like, yeah, no. But but I wanted to practice. but 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 I, I want to practice. I wanted to be a hairdresser too. I did. I did. That was I, the coolest I job ever. Hair too. I did. Yes. Yeah. I was all about. Yes, it. indeed. Yes. And then yeah, you see those. Uh, okay, you know the statue of Buddha, like the typical statue of Buddha. All right, that's what my dad looked like. Okay, just saying. Except he was like white American dude, right? So, but he had the little hair. He was bald on top, but he had the little hair going all the way around. Okay, so I would ask him to grow his little hair out so I could put the curlers and like the sponge rollers. I would put the sponge rollers in his hair. And then, y'all, okay, so for you young and y'all can look this up. Way back when, when women used to go to the beauty salon and like get their hair done each week, they used those bristle ones. Right. With all the little things sticking out and you had these little pins crap out of your head. And yeah. Oh, my God. They were terrible. Yes. Well, he got so used to me doing that. I even used the bristle ones on him on this little bald man and he would fall asleep and take his afternoon nap. And I was just, honey, going to town, doing his hair, thinking I was just doing something. (laughs) (laughs) That was a very good father. (laughs) Yes, let me tell you. He had his moments, but on that, he he's he scored on that one. Yeah, my father would never have done that in a million years. Oh that yeah, would never have happened. Oh yeah. Even Mitch, my husband, whenever his daughter was little, he sat there and painted his nails, painted his toenails, everything, the whole nine yards. My dad would never have allowed that. <laughs> never in a million years that would not have happened. He'd have been like. Go do it to your mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Not for men. <laughs> thing. That's hysterical. All right. Well, so, you know, enough about Barbie. <laughs> no, enough about Barbie. All right. We're going to put Barbie away now. Putting the Barbies um, back in the basement. Yes. Yes. Back in the basement. You need to, to acquire their smell. Yes. That's it. So, um, so today we're going to talk about the, we're going to start our energy healing series, which is also part of the overall heal, healing series that we will be doing over the next however long till we get tired of it. And then today we're going to talk about Reiki because anytime you're talking about energy healing, Reiki is the default that everybody thinks about. So we're going to start there. And, um, you know, you guys have all heard my opinion of, of Reiki in the past, which is, you know, it's great training wheels for energy users. Um, and it is a great, per, you know, starter point. Um, I, I know a lot of people who are Reiki masters who no longer use it, <laughs> but when we used it, it was super useful, right? And I did use it for probably 10 years before I moved on and created my own dynamics and my own energy patterns that I use now. So, you know, um, this is one of those things that is a jumping off point, right? You you learn the basics of energy work in your Reiki training. And from there, you can evolve out as you learn other practices and other systems. Some people continue to use it their entire career. Some people use it for a while and then move on. Depends on the person. For me, I used it for a while and moved on. 
But I do acknowledge that it was a really valid uh, foundation point for me in my energy work. So we're going to talk about it from that perspective. We're not going to give away all the hints and secrets of Reiki because, you know, that's not our place to do. And besides, Diane Stein already did that in her book, Essential Reiki. So if you want to cheat and get all the details, you can just go buy that book. Um, But, you know, don't go and do the weekend workshop that takes you from zero to Reiki master in a weekend because that shit will fuck you up. And that'll fuck you up hard. So there's this wonderful thing in Reiki called a, uh, a healing crisis. And if you want to experience a healing crisis at a steroid level, do zero to Reiki master in a weekend. That'll kick your ass. <laughs> That's a really bad idea. Okay. Um, I don't even know if she's still doing those, but um, don't do it. So no, you should, you shouldn't. You, yeah, you can do one and two in a weekend. If you, if you want to those that could be done, but don't go beyond that. Um, You need time for it to settle in your system. Here's the thing about any energy healing process, right? So Reiki is is sort of the foundation piece, but any energy clearing process that you're looking at, if you go to somebody for a chakra clearing or anything like that, what you have to recognize is that the cleansing of the, the chakras, the cleansing of the aura, the cleansing of your beingness, right, is only as good as the shift in your mentality that goes along with it. Now, there are a few exceptions to that rule. So if you are, if you are having a problem where you are dealing with issues that you picked up ick from somewhere, right? You, you went to an event and it was icky and entities came and it sucked on you or whatever, then an energy clearing will be permanent for that until you get another one, obviously, in case you've, if you don't have a shield up, this would, by the way, be a reminder to set your shields, right? And so, um, but the, the upshot is that if it's something like that, it can be cleared and it'll be one and done, right? But for the vast majority of stuff that's in people's chakras, those energetics are belief created, And so they're created out of the inner beliefs that you hold. And so you can clear the chakras all day long and they'll be that way for a while. And then they'll, the pattern is going to come back if it's belief-based, because if you're not changing the beliefs, then the pattern is created by the beliefs. As you engage the beliefs, then the whole thing comes back. Okay. So, you know, there's limits to, to energy work. And this is one of the things that as an energy practitioner, you need to disclose to people, right? So I, I had a situation where a friend of mine called me up and she's like, Oh my God, I've got this steel plate on my shoulders. And I I think I've told this story, but I don't think I've told it in like four years. So I'm going to tell again, but the, uh, she said, I feel like I've got, you know, the steel plate on my shoulders and uh, I I just, I, I can't move my shoulders. They're so stuck and I just need this pulled off. And I said, well, you do, I said, what do you, what's going on? And she told me about all the stuff she was doing in her life and how she was taking care of somebody else's kid and go to court and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you do realize the plate's functional for you, right? It's, it's helping you to hold up the weight of the world that you've got on your shoulders, Atlas, right? You know, <laughs> like she, that, that, that she has created. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she's like, I know, I know, but I just, I need it gone. And I'm like, okay. Okay. And so I pulled it off and she's like, Oh my God, thank you. And I'm like, you do realize it's not going to last. She's like, 
I know, I know. It's okay. And we talked a little bit more like 10, 15 minutes later. And I'm like, so how's that plate doing? And it was back. And she's like, oh my God, it's back. I said, I know, baby. I told you it was functional. (laughs) It had a purpose. And the minute you started talking about all the stuff you were carrying, that plate came back because you were aware of it and therefore it was necessary again. And I said, it's going to be there until you put this stuff down. That's how it works. You need to let people know that, right? And, you know, I'm going to tell you some of the things that your Reiki master may not tell you, okay? First is energetic hygiene. And we talked about this in the very first season of the podcast. First, very, I want to say it was in the first, like, 10, 15 episodes. I think it was episode eight or nine, actually. So, um, it's terrifying that I remember that. Okay. Anyway, that was a freaking long time ago. But the uh, energetic hygiene is, is crucial, if you're going to do energy work, especially if you're going to do it in your own home. But energetic hygiene, meaning don't take on other people's crap. Don't leave it sitting on the floor. You don't want to walk through it and have it attached to you. You don't want it to get spread throughout your house. You don't want it to walk out into the street with the people who are getting off the table. Make sure that you transmute that energy or ground it so that it is not sitting there, right? And I know a lot of Reiki teachers who don't do anything around this. And so they don't talk about setting space. They, they may teach the putting chakras up on the walls, but they rarely tell you floor and ceiling. So if you're going to use the, or not chakras, the, the choku ray. I was going to say, wait, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. The, the, I yeah. was like, chakras, yeah. what? No. Okay, choku yeah, power, power symbol, yeah. Power symbol, yeah. Power symbol. Um, yeah, brain fart. Anyway, um, <laughs> so they, they'll tell you to do it on the walls, but they, they often forget to tell you floor and ceiling. And so, you know, it's no good to set a container that has open floor and ceiling. <laughs> it's not a container, right? If it's not complete, it's not a container. So they'll often do that. Um, they will often also uh, not talk to you at all about how to clear your space when you're done uh, or anything like that. So um, that was one of the first, th- first things that we learned in, 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 in my class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was that. That was Kinyoku. That was the first one of the first things that we did. But Reiki is taught in an energetic vacuum. And if people get their materials from a lot of different places and it's unregulated. And so you don't know what somebody decided wasn't important or what somebody didn't include or, and Reiki itself was taught as an apprenticeship. So it wasn't structured until Mrs. Takata brought it to the U S and even then she taught it as an apprenticeship for a long time. So, you know, Anybody who came out of any of those lineages could have any randomness that they picked up or didn't pick up from their apprenticeship. And and people, I mean, Reiki is basically a big game of telephone, right? <laughs> you know, I train you, you train the next person, they train the next person. And unless everything is written down, you know, the trainings will shift as people go through. And even if it is written down, people are going to teach from their own knowledge base. And so they may drop things out and put other things in because they think they're more important. And, you know, if they're teaching out of their home, which is warded and protected, they may not put in anything. They may not put anything in the program about protecting your space because they're operating in a protected space. So it doesn't matter to them and they don't do it. There's lots of reasons why people may not include things that I think are crucial, right? Um, Which is why I want to mention them. The other thing about Reiki is that, and this is energy healing in general, right? Um, 
Oh, what was it that I was going to say? It's gone now. The other thing about Reiki <laughs> is, is uh, specifically is that, you know, we give out the message that Reiki can do no harm, which is theoretically true. The energy itself can do no harm, but it's, it's practically often not true. And the challenge there is that when you are getting Reiki, you're not always necessarily getting only Reiki. And so while the energy of Reiki itself can't do harm, it doesn't stop the practitioner from sending you other energies at the same time. And so it creates a false sense of security. Oh, if they wanted to interject their own stuff in there. Yeah. Or if they unconsciously interject their own stuff in there. Or, you know, even if they're not um, trying to interject something else, if they have their own emotional energetic associated with um, something going on, if they've, if they're triggered by something or if they're, you know, if they're in the classic wounded healer position, right. They may have own energy all built up around it and sending that through because they can't get out of their own way. And so they're sending all that ick into your energy field too. So I have a, I have a concern about telling people that Reiki can do no harm because it sets up a false sense of security for that reason. And so, you know, I would be careful about marketing it in that way for that reason, you know? So just keep that in mind as you're going through the process, right? So now energy healing in general, as a practitioner, it's important to make sure that you, when people come in for energy healing, they are often coming in in a do me position, they're like, oh, just do me, make it better, right? They're, they've abdicated their power to you as the healer um, to do healing work on them. And we all know that that's not how it works, right? We know that we can only bring the energy, but they have to actually allow the healing. They have to actually engage with the healing work to make it more significant or long lasting if they're going to, if it's a belief based issue, you know? So, so as the healer, it's your job to, really bring the person back into a an understanding that this is a done-with-you process, not a done-to-you process. Now, the exception to this rule is if you have somebody who is so amped up, so overdone that they are incapable of managing their own emotions and their own any energy and anything else. If they're just beyond like overdone, if they're fried and crispy crittered, they're not going to be able to participate in their own healing. But you're not actually going to be able to do healing with them either. What you're going to be doing is pulling the stress out of their energy field, right? And that's a different thing. So you're not actually healing. You're just taking them down to baseline. You're, you're draining the energy of overwhelm and overdone and crispy crittered out of their central nervous system. That's what you're doing. And that is all you're doing in that scenario, because even if you get that fully emptied out for them, they're not going to be in a position to participate in their healing until they've sat in that space for a while and they've reminded themselves that they are sovereign and that they they have their own volition, they have their own power, they have their own ability to make choices and, you know, all of those things, right? Um until they've reminded themselves that they have the ability 
to participate in their own healing. They will not be prepared to participate in their own healing. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So you've been taking Reiki classes. Yeah, I'm a Reiki too. You're a Reiki too. So why don't you talk about what that experience is like for for those who are thinking about becoming a Reiki teacher or Reiki practitioner um, and, uh, you know, how how that went for you? Oh, it was way fun. Now, my Reiki master, (laughs) um, she, um, uh, I'm going to give her a quick little plug just because, uh, Riverside Reiki, um, Miss Gail Mason, and um, she, we have a book that we used, um, and it's uh, for first degree and second degree, and the one that I took specifically was Holy Fire um, Reiki. And so what that is, it's, I'll say a a cousin, it's a derivative, right, of it, um, where whenever you get your attunements, which in Holy Fire we call placements, until you get to the master level, it's called an ignition, Um, but same thing as an attunement. So you have your first level that you can give Reiki only to yourself, second level you can give to other people, then mastery level, that's when you can start teaching it and you can attune other people. And so in that, the holy fire, whenever you're getting the attunement, which is now the it ignites that Reiki energy within you, um, it that comes straight from source as opposed from the source through the Reiki master into the student. So it kind of goes along with what you were saying, Kelly, earlier, is that what some of the what some people were finding in the Reiki community was that as people were giving Reiki and even attuning their students, they were passing on their own, quote unquote, interpretation of how the Reiki should work instead of, honey, this has been around since ancient times. Leave it alone. It don't need your help. So to kind of get, get that out um, and have to and have a more powerful attunement uh, from that, um, it comes straight from source. The the master is just literally holding space for that attunement to happen once certain things are done. I'm just going to leave it at that because that's a master thing. Y'all don't need to know that yet. Um, then that comes straight to you. And in Holy Fire Reiki, um, it's called you have an experience. So you kind of you do a short med- Now I have book work like I had to know. Here's the history. I had, you know, where it came from, from um, uh, uh, Asui Sensei when he started. And there's a whole story about him going up to a mountain and and getting the, you know, information from Reiki and then coming down. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah. And just kind of working with that. Um, And like we learned, you know, what actually Reiki means, the two sections of it. I had to learn my symbols. I had to learn the five precepts. And as a level two, I also have to practice them in Japanese. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's the thing. So precepts are um, just for today. I will not get angry. I will work hard. I will be kind to others. And I haven't been down and I'll be grateful. <laughs> and I won't worry. Yes. I was just um, going to say, I didn't hear yeah. the, one that I, the yeah. only one I remember from when I yes. used this. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, so you have to know. My opinion, you have to know the history for your basis of what you're going to be doing, right? Um, You show respect that way. You show respect to the ancestors, all the ascended Reiki masters, you know, everyone who's come before you, you know. And so I fully agree with 
with what you're saying earlier with those people who are just kind of doing this, that and the other. Well, they're not, in my opinion, they're not respecting, you know, kind of those that came before them. So in mine, you um, went to class and we did it virtually and um, we had the attunement. And for me, when I had my placement, there was such an overwhelming feeling of unconditional love. I have never in my life experienced that. It, it, it was crazy. And uh, it, it was really, really ridiculous. I just felt like, so I felt my spirit guides before, but that particular time they were like, hey, we here. And it was in droves. And it was just such a strong energy. Um, for my level two, it was that times 10. You know, and I, I remember this specifically because you're doing all this in meditation. You know, Miss Gail's doing her thing. I, I don't know what she's doing. I'm in meditation. I'm in la la land. And it's like, okay, so you know how like whenever you have a baby and like you lay the baby down, it's like in the what's the thing called bassinet thingy, right? And so like, okay, pretend so I'm the baby and I'm looking up and I see like dark shadowish figures, kind of like everybody's gathered around the bassinet looking at the baby going, oh, how cute, you know, that kind of thing, right? And I'm, I'm so surprised. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, hey, y'all, how you going? I don't know who these people are, but I knew I knew them. And it was every and I have this one dude. I, I say, dude, they know. I, I don't know who they are, but that's okay. He's an ancestor of some kind of thing. He's like big warrior Indian, like been there, done that, going to whoop some ass warrior, like poof, right? Like all chiseled and everything. Dude, he was there. And then I had this blue light, like shiny thing. I don't know what she was, but she was really pretty. And it, it, was, it was amazing. So for me, that was like a, whoa, I'm in, I'm in the big leagues now. You know, that was seriously transformational for me. I, I had not experienced that kind of energy running through my body. So fast forward, of course, me, I'm like, okay, I got to practice. So who do I practice on? My walking internship of a husband. Okay. The man chops wood. He builds stuff. He's an outdoor, he's a lumberjack. I mean, he, you know, he gets, hit in the face with, you know, 40 tons of a log because it slipped out of the log splitter. And he's like, ow, you know, <laughs> and he's pissed off at the thing, you know, so I'm like, oh, God. So, you know, bad knees, feet, whatever. But, you know, he keeps going. So every night I'm like practicing giving him Reiki. Right. And he's like, cool. All right. Sweet. And then my mom I was practicing on her because, like, she goes and gets her knees worked on and stuff. She gets, like, the injections. Of course, she still ballroom dances. She's, you know, years old, you know, <laughs> and, and she still dances. So I do Reiki on her. Well, she's like, when I do it on her, and my prayer is, you know, let me be the perfect hollow bone for Reiki to do what it's going to do. It doesn't need my help, y'all. It don't need y'all's help. It knows what to do. So I tell me, go, please step aside, let Reiki work. And then y'all, it's the funniest thing. I put my hands on my mama's knees. She's like 90 pounds dripping wet. She's like, oh, I feel the heat. It feels like a heating pad. <laughs> and it just, it, it's crazy. So I went from a little bitty pin, like in the middle of your palms, to my entire hand now, like up to my wrist, just goes, woof, you know, and I can feel it. 
And then it's funny for me experiencing it because literally it'll tell me when the tank's full. And that's how, that's how I say it, because it goes cold. And I'm like, okay, well, and for me, it feels like a vacuum cleaner, like, and it's just, you know, her body's just sucking that breaky in there. And I'm like, all right, cool. So it, it's been an interesting ride. <laughs> it is. It is. And I remember, um, I remember one time when the energy that I ran was not hot. It was cold. That can happen too. Yeah. Yeah. It was because um, somebody I was working on was having a nicotine fit. And so his body, he said it felt like he had ants crawling all over his body and he was just like agitated. Ah. And so I just put my hands out and I let the Reiki flow and my hands were ice cold. And he said, I can feel the cold creeping up my arms and it is soothing my skin and I feel better. And so that's the only time that I've ever channeled cold energy instead of warm or hot energy. You know, the so here's the thing about Reiki and here's here's the thing about any, any energy work that you do. Okay. You are you are creating and or expanding an energy channel within you. In first degree Reiki, you're creating the specific channel that is tuned to the specific energy frequency of Reiki one. And then in Reiki two, you're expanding that channel. And in Reiki three, you're expanding it more. You know, or advanced Reiki, however you look at it. And some people combine advanced Reiki and Reiki master, or some people teach them separately. I learned them separately. And again, you get more as a teacher, right? And so it expands even more. Um, and each time you get an attunement, it expands more. So like I've had multiple Reiki master attunements over the course of my life, because every Reiki master I met, we would exchange attunements to expand our energy fields, right? And so that was, that was great. So uh, what I did discover, though, is for some magic users, Reiki breaks. And that is because uh, Reiki is, in a traditional attunement, the, the symbols are bound into the hands. And if you do any other energy work through your hands and you don't want to send it through Reiki, because it's not meant for healing or whatever, you know, you're doing, then... It, you can break the attunement. And I have, I've had a student who did that multiple times. And so I ultimately had to develop a specific attunement process that was for magic users. And it just changed the way that the, that the symbols were put into the hands and things like that. So if you would like a copy of a description of how to do that. If you're a Reiki master, you have to prove to me that you're a Reiki master for me to give this to you. But if you're a Reiki master and you would like to have a copy of that process where you can attune it in a way that the Reiki still works the way it's supposed to, but you don't have to send everything through the Reiki symbols for it to work, uh, for it to come out of your hands, then uh, just send me an email at kelly at kellysparta.com with an attachment of your Reiki master certificate. And I will send you a copy of the, um, I'll send you a copy of the Reiki master or the Reiki master attunement for uh, energy, uh, Reiki for magic use. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reiki for magic use. Yeah, I can talk. Yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, were yeah. you going to say about it not draining your personal energy? Well, was that the thing that you were going to say, but you forgot? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. So, yeah, if, um, thank you. Hearing that. I, I love it when she like jumps into my head and reminds me of what, <laughs> what the hell I was thinking when I couldn't remember it. Anyway. 
this is why we hang out with other <laughs> people. Yes. So uh, energy work should never drain your own energy field. If it is, then you are doing it wrong. Okay. If you're giving away your own energy, then one, you are handing over your crap to somebody else because your energy contains your crap. Don't do that. They don't need your crap. They've got their own crap, right? And for two, you shouldn't be sending them your energy because that's codependent crap unto itself. And, you know, the universe has nice, clean, pure energy without crap attached, right? So you should be channeling that shit. And if you are not capable of channeling that shit without handing over your own energy, then you need to not be working on other people until you figure out how to do it right. And that's when you go back to your Reiki master and go, okay, I'm not doing this right. How do I fix it? And they will walk you through that. Okay. Um, So if you are feeling drained at the end of a day of doing energy healing for people, unless it's just physically drained, because, you know, standing for five hours is a long time. That's, you know, physically drained is one thing energetically drained that's another okay if you're energetically drained at the end of even one or two sessions sometimes you're giving away your energy instead of opening up and and this is a pretty common thing for healers right because we will go into the energetic fetal position if we feel challenged at all and that means we close down our crown chakra we close down our root chakra and now we have no access to energy and now the only thing we have to give is our own energy and that sucks for all the reasons i just stated right um you know, it's your energy. You kind of like to use it yourself, right? So, you know, the the key is to open up to the energies of the universe. And so I'm going to remind you that on the YouTube channel is a tree meditation that will help you to open your crown and root chakras. You should absolutely do that tree meditation before you do any energy healing work, because then you know you're open to source instead of just giving from your own energy. Okay. So all of this to say, you know, pay attention, take care of yourself, take care of your environment. This is a lot of self-care. We become healers because we want to heal others because we have a hard time healing ourselves. And so, you know, pay attention to taking care of you because until you have dealt with your issues to the point where something triggers them, you don't go into panic, oh my God, ah, mode. You are you are subject to being a wounded healer, which is not ideal. So make sure that you are taking care of your own issues. And if you are finding that you're getting triggered and you don't know how to deal with those, we have a program for that. It's called Welcome to the Woo. And we can help you walk through all of those issues very quickly. In four months, you will walk through the things that are are like sending you flying, right? And it'll help you come to a better place of safety and security and in your energetic field and in your personal self. And so that program is there. It's available. It's on the website at kellysparta.com. You know, if you're interested, you can sign up for a discovery call, which is in the top of the the website, you know, navigation. You can sign up for that. Happy to talk to you about it and see if it's a good fit for you. Okay. In the meantime, please share this podcast please rate it. Please, you know, join the mailing list. And you can do that by downloading the Boundaries for Empaths program at the top of the website. That is a fantastic program and it gets you on our mailing list at the same time and it's free. So we love free, right? So check it out. 
rate, subscribe, share. We love you. Thank you. Yes. Thumbs up, subscribe, everything, all the things, all all the the things, things, all the things, all the things, all the things. Yes. Oh, and one other little thing I'm, I keep hearing in my head um, is along what you were just talking about for me, I'm talking about what Jules experience has been. One of my things, of course, when I went into your program was trusting. I had huge trust issues and that includes trust in the universe. Y'all I ain't even kidding. I mean, I have cussed out the universe a time or two. Let me tell you. Haven't we all? (laughs) Right. You know, I'm just saying. And so, um, so with me, when I'm doing my Reiki and y'all, you know, remember I'm, I'm, Part of me is right brain. Part of me is left brain. I'm an auditor. So my analytical side is pretty darn strong. That's where my ego lives, right? And so I have to literally say, ego, please step aside so Reiki can do its thing. Because then if I don't, I'm using my energy. And it's like, no, no, just leave it alone. It, 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 I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just a hollow bone. It's just flowing right through me. But when I started, I, wasn't, I didn't always feel so I'm like, it's not working. This is bullshit. It's not working. I'm not trusting. <laughs> every time I would have a dream that night and it's like the elders come in, whoever the, they are, the beings, and they're like, all right, you got to get out your own way. <laughs> it's working. It's working. And then my and then Miss um, Gail will be like, darling, what I say, I tell you, allow you got to allow you it, control is an illusion. You're not going to control this. You have to allow it. The more you allow the more. So all of that to say, for me, your program helped me with the trust issues. Um, so I could let go and I could, you know, you know what? The universe is going to take care of me. It has this far. I'm still breathing. We still good. Even if I wasn't breathing, it'd still be taking care of me. So, you know, and the more that I just was like, all right, it's working. I don't have to feel it. I don't need that self-validation because I already know there's a higher power at work, you know. So for me, that helped me tremendously, you know, because um, whenever you're starting out, it's like, you, Kelly, you know how I am. How do I know it's working? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We've had that conversation so many times. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm like, I need validation. It's not working, says my ego. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, um, here's all the evidence that it is. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, well, that counts. Oh, I'm like, okay, oh, oh yeah, kind of obvious. <laughs> I didn't know that counted. Shit, I have been doing it. All right, cool. <laughs> so, oh, and the internet school because when I was looking to the internet courses, they're like, oh, spend twenty dollars and you don't even have to go to class. This watch these videos. Yeah, y'all, that's a scam. Don't do that. <laughs> Just please don't do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> do that. yeah. So, yeah. All right. So why don't you do the Kellyism for the day? Because you seem to have connected into that. Allow it to work through you. You don't need to control it. It's okay. So we're, that's the gift of it. We're the vessels. So, oh, and I'm, I'm going to tell you funny. I wrote down that Miss Gail told me. Okay. So Reiki healers are the tow trucks of the woo-woo world. Let me explain. Chakras are the gas stations, right? The meridians and nodes throughout your body, that's the highways and byways. Reiki healers are the tow trucks clearing all the wrecks, the blocks, 
off those highways and byways. So there you go. Okay. So I'm going to take what you said and, and squeeze it down into a, the size of a Kellyism. Open, relax, allow. There you go. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week, folks. Tune in next time when Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Jules, still a level two, here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, y'all. Bye. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car, I'm all alone, but feeling good and feeling strong, knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself, I'm driving. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.